Well, hello, welcome, and thank you for listening to the Landmark Podcast. My name is Ryan Azaro. I'm a follower of Jesus, a husband, a dad, and a voracious reader of the high fantasy genre. I pray that anyone hearing this podcast is experiencing the grace of our Lord today. And I'm joined by my friend, ministry partner, and overall just really cool guy, Luke Schlenker. Yeah, Luke. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm I am not a voracious reader of the high fantasy genre, but I have read Luke, uh, you're, Lord of the Rings. Luke, you're, you're missing out, buddy. I want you to know I that. I think I'm okay. There's a whole world out there for you, okay. but that's okay. I believe you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll take your word for it. Yep. I like Dune. Dune? Does that count? It's... It's it's what people who don't really read that much high fantasy reference, oh. but I'm a fan of Timothy Shlomo man. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm more of like a fantasy watcher, like Star Wars. Yeah, you know, but that's more sci-fi. So okay, well, <laughs> dude, I'm I'm into it. Lord of the Rings is sort all of right, the defining all right. work. Of high all right, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so today we're gonna begin our series looking at the 1689 uh, Baptist Confessional together. Uh, a confession is a statement of, of theological uh, truth, a, a belief statement uh, attempting to summarize sort of the core principles uh, of faith taught in Scripture. As as we were talking about and thinking through how, how we are going to approach talking about theology, um, talking through just uh, the Scriptures together, mm-hmm. what what made you think that this would be a good starting place for us at Landmark? Yeah, and that's a that's an important question because I think, you know, I think theology as a practice has had some bad PR over the years. Um, When you read through, we are using uh, for, for our purposes, we are using founders ministries has put out this modernized language of the 1689 Baptist confession. There's me holding it up. Uh, And it's very helpful, but even reading this one for the average person, there are a lot of big terms and big words that, really are just very much beyond the pale of what we normally would use in our day-to-day life. And so I think a lot of times we can get this sort of adversarial or dismissive attitude towards theology. Man, that is something that uh, academics in the ivory towers of the Ivy League participate in. But I'm just a normal Christian, and God didn't really wire me that way, so I'm not really going to do it. But what we have to understand And I read this once and I thought it was brilliant. I can't remember who I read it from, but defining theology as the idea of theology is the history of biblical interpretation. Hmm. And I love that definition because what it shows us is that theology is intimately related to God's word. Why does that matter so much? Because what that means, Luke, is that anyone who's read the Bible, anyone who's heard about the Bible, anyone who's heard from someone else who's read the Bible— they have a theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's right on, and I think the thing that you're getting to is everyone's a theologian, yeah. right? Whether they whether they know it or not, yeah, right. And so what what we we're trying to do is say, okay, how, where where what is the baseline of our theology? Like yeah. our understanding of God, right? Yeah. Theology is knowing of God, yeah. right? What is the baseline? And and the reality is, is every single person is one. So we think, yeah, we got to start in Scripture to understand. And whatever what, your theology what is. is it's going to shape the way that you live your life. Exactly. Right? Like it's going to shape who you marry. Mm-hmm. Your convictions about God and who he is and why he's made you and why he's made the world is going to change the way you date. 
Yeah. It's going to change where you work or how you work. It's going to change how you order your finances. It's going to change what you define as right and wrong, right? You can get 40 people in the room who all say they're Christians and you can have totally divergent views mm-hmm. of even reality. Yeah. That's because of theology. Yeah. Our fundamental interpretations of who God is as he has revealed himself in his world and word. Yeah. And I think what we both say is it's, we recognize that this this is truth, like the Bible is truth for all people to understand, yeah. right? It's not just truth for um, scholars, for pastors, for, you know, ministry leaders. It's for all people, right? Like my understanding of the Trinity is yeah. going to impact how I love. Yep. Like yeah. my understanding of God's sovereignty is going to impact how I think about uh, my day or, or my that, kid being sick. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Or that job application, right? Yep. Like, like these sort of things um, matter and are, are, are fundamental just how we walk through life. Yep. And so we really at, at Landmark, um, we want to have a good theology. We want to have yep. a good understanding of who God is, what his word says. Uh, and this is just a good starting place for us. Yeah. And understanding for every person, and this is more just a general encouragement to us we can either be proactively and biblically formed or we can be passively and Mm, culturally formed that's good you are every day being formed by what you hear on the radio by the movies that you watch i was just watching uh i can't remember what movie it was but it was a movie with my kids and there were countless little belief claims sprinkled throughout Mm. um and everybody does it right we, we make art, we make statements based on our belief mm. claims. So as Christians, we can either say, hey, I'm, I'm going to do theology, I'm going to be formed, so I better do it in a way that is rooted in God's word, or we can just be formed as the world pulls yeah. us along. Yeah, for sure. And so we're going we're gonna to start beginning in this confessional in, yeah. the, in the very first chapter, very first paragraph. Um, we don't really have a, a timeline for how quickly we're going to go through this, um, yeah. but more just kind of take it as we feel um, are sort of the necessary points. And so yeah. uh, the first chapter we, we have here, and, and we'll link this um, uh, confession in the uh, podcast bio yeah. so you can read it along with us. So as, as you look at this, um, as, you, as you read through chapter one, paragraph one, what yeah. stands out? What are the core truths here, uh, core principles for us to take away? Yeah, well, I, I see... There's five big statements that you can break this down into. So let me read this uh, briefly for us. The Holy Scriptures are the only sufficient, certain, and infallible standard of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. The light of nature and the works of creation and providence so clearly demonstrate the goodness, wisdom, and power of God that people are left without excuse. However, these demonstrations are not sufficient to give knowledge of God and his will that is necessary for salvation. Therefore, the Lord was pleased at different times and in various ways to reveal himself and to declare his will to his church, to preserve and propagate the truth better, and to establish and comfort the church with greater certainty against the corruption of the flesh and the malice of Satan in the world. The Lord put his revelation completely in writing. Therefore, the Holy Scriptures are absolutely necessary because God's former ways of revealing his will to his people have now ceased. Uh, The first thing I notice about this, Luke, is it's wonderful reading. C.S. Lewis says we all need the fresh winds of the centuries blowing through our brains. I love reading things that were written hundreds of years before I was born Mm -hmm. because they just thought 
um, so one differently than I do, but with such an organization that mm. I, in my, you know, 21st century brain have a hard time rising up to, there's a real logical structure here. So the first thing they say, there's two statements at the beginning and end. The Holy scriptures are necessary. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, why? Well, they are the only says three things, sufficient, certain, and infallible standard of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. What this is saying is that when you are looking for salvation, if you are listening to this podcast and you want to know how do I be saved, there is one place that mm. you can go. There is only one place that is sufficient, meaning that it, it has enough of what you need. There's mm. only one place that's certain, meaning it will not fail. It is never in doubt. It never makes a mistake. It is infallible. And it is the standard of three things, knowledge, faith, and obedience. Mm. And then it says something really interesting. It says that God all throughout creation has revealed himself to everybody. So it says the scripture is the only sufficient revelation, but it's not the only revelation. God's revealed himself through all of his creation. Yeah, He's shown clearly his goodness and wisdom and power. But what we recognize, Luke, is that these demonstrations of God's power are not sufficient for salvation. Yeah. Yeah. And on that point, you know, how I, how I learned it um, in school was, you know, you have sort of what we would call like general revelation and, and special revelation. Spec rev is yeah. what I like to call yeah. it. Or yeah. Or unique. Yeah. Right. And so there is this general revelation where God has uh, created uh, this world, right? Yep. He's created humans. He's created humans to think. Uh, he, he's created humans to, to problem solve, right? Yep. And there's a lot of great things we can learn about that, right? Because the Bible doesn't speak to every um every little thing about mm-hmm. our lives yeah uh, but but we're saying with scripture is that no this is this is god's spoken direct word right yep. meant for us to take right yep. and so this this is absolute infallible truth and what the confession goes on to say is that god in his grace so god reveals himself generally and it's a gracious gift but then because that revelation wasn't enough the lord in his mercy was pleased to reveal himself in a special mm. way. At, and it says at different times and in various ways. You know, if you think through the Bible, you have Moses, you have Elijah, mm-hmm. you have Jesus, you have Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what's the problem with all of those people? They're not in front of you and I right now. Mm-hmm. So what this confession goes on to say, and this is a big point that if you ever read, you know, Bavink, he talks about this a lot. Um, that's a reform name drop. If you don't know, if you list Bavink, that yeah, is just casually dropping Bavink. Like, oh, we're all going to understand yeah, that, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a name drop. Um, but what he talks about a lot is that the Bible is not the only special revelation. It is the culmination and the documentation yeah. of all special revelation. Right? Yeah. We all. John says, right? Not all the words of Jesus were contained mm-hmm. in in the Book of John. However, we don't have those words. The Bible is the fulfillment, the culmination, the Mm -hmm. completion of special revelation. Mm -hmm. And so what that means, this is the last point of this uh, section, the Holy Scriptures are absolutely necessary. Why? Because God's former ways of revealing himself and his will to his people have now ceased. Mm. Now, this is super important because we are in a time where many people in many ways are claiming that God has revealed himself savingly especially to them. Mm. And what we believe at our church is that that idea of special salvific revelation of God, it has ceased. Mm. 
the book of Revelation, the last word of the Bible is, woe be to anyone who adds to or takes away from this book. And so though we acknowledge, right, God has revealed himself specially, savingly, in many times and in many ways. Yeah. For us, in this dispensation of grace, we are especially and finally dependent on the word of God. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, if we're, if we're just looking at scripture to say, okay, where, where does clearly say it? I mean, I think the first verse I would turn to is just 2 Timothy 3, 16 yep. through 17, yep. um, which reads, All scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And I think that word complete is huge, complete. right? Because yeah. um, what that's suggesting is that, hey, God's word actually gives us what we need, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we're not waiting for um, new revelation yep. uh, to know how we ought to live. We're not waiting for... Um, God to show us something that we don't already need to know through his word, right? We have in God's word what we need uh, to live a righteous life, right? To follow him. And I I think that's important. You know, we we might at some point get into the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit still works and in some ways does maybe still guide and direct people, right? Absolutely. Illuminates. Yeah, but what we wouldn't say is that that is in some sort of way that equates to that of scripture, yes. right? I, I think that's just an important reminder when we talk about God's word, why we preach directly from God's word on a Sunday morning, yep. right? It's not that, that there's not wisdom in this world to share, right? Yep. Like we could go and we could um, teach on, on a leadership topic, right? Yep. On a Sunday morning, but like the, the leadership topic, as good as it might be, it will fall short to the truth that God's word has. Yep. And so when we gather, we think that there's actually something special where God has actually spoken through his word directly for us to learn from, to grow from, um, that the Holy Spirit inspired authors yep. to write this word uh, for his people yep. and uh, for us to understand. And yeah, it's the, it's, um, the very thing by which we can know God, right? To know our need for salvation, to understand our sin and to be called out and called to uh, knowing Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, again, this is one of those areas where um, we want to be charitable, but clear. You know, every believer listening to this needs to know that every day they will be presented with claims about what God has said in his word. Mm or what God's will for them is that are not according to his word. And so this is where our formation in the word needs to be strong. Mm -hmm. I had a a professor in seminary say to me, and I thought this was so great, as a pastor, you're going to have, the world is going to want you to be an expert in everything except the one thing you must be an expert in, Mm, which is God's word. And I think very much that, that applies to believers. Like you and I, Luke, we're Protestants. Mm-hmm. So much of the Protestant Reformation was built around the idea that the word is not the property of the clergy. Mm-hmm. It is not for the people of God to just sort of trust the experts. It is for them yeah. to search and to study and to know so that they can help grow the church, to hold the church's leaders accountable. Yeah. And so for every believer, this is why we have to have a relationship with it ourselves. For sure. Um, what what are some of the, the questions that often arise around this topic? I mean, you know, I know you started to speak to that, but what, yeah. what, are, what are things when we're talking about the Bible that people tend to disagree with or yeah. struggle with, have tension with? I think one of the, the main questions, Luke, and, and this is maybe where we can start to turn the corner into how this applies to us, is what does this mean for me? Yeah. Because so many people can hear this and go, wow, that sounds great. 
but I mean, I guess I'll carry that in the back of my head. I don't really know what to do with that. I'm driving yeah. to work right now. What does this mean for me? I think there's a few things that we can really address. The first is this. I hope you hearing this, meditating on this with us, understand how much this reflects on the love of God for yeah. his people. See what kind of love that God has for us, that he has given us such a revelation. Mm. Luke, you and I, Paul says, have no excuse to yeah. not recognize God as God. And yet in our sin, we didn't. We rejected him. And God, rather than quitting on us, right? I don't know if you ever had a girl ghost you, like when you were trying to date or anything Never. like that. Oh, man, my record was not perfect. Sorry, Ryan. My record was not perfect. And so, you know, that feeling of, man, they rejected me. Cool, I'm deleting yeah. their number, right? God didn't sure. do that with us. He doubled down. He gave us this perfect, saving, Holy Spirit, when it's activated, right? It literally regenerates our hearts. So it's like God yeah. reaches out, even when we have said, no, thank you. And I think that, that that alone, when you hold your Bible recognizing um, this is a tangible manifestation yeah. of the love of God for his people. Augustine said that the Holy Scriptures are our letters from home. Mm. You know, you think about um, imagine you were a soldier fighting in World War II mm. in the middle of this just carnage that is a world conflict. And you're getting these letters from home mm. and you're getting pictures of your kids and you're getting updates on the, the, the little things that you miss and are waiting to get back to. Like the scripture is that too. And yeah. so, you know, it's not just marching orders. It is that, right? It, yeah. it tells us how we should live. But it's also, for those who fall in love with God, it is, man, this is my connection to heaven yeah. in so many ways. It's also, I think, this confession, it guides us in understanding, like, what are we supposed to do with the Bible? Yeah. Um, this shows us the purpose of the scriptures in my life, in your life, in our listeners' lives. Uh, the, those three words, and I'll say them again, it is the sufficient, certain, infallible standard of all saving, knowledge faith, and obedience. What does God hope to produce in you and I through his holy scriptures? Mm. Knowledge, faith, and obedience. So for you, the follower of Christ, why do you study the Bible? Not so that you can have verses to zing your friends when they disagree with you. <laughs> Believe it or not, Luke, that's not why we do it. Really? You do it to know Christ deeply, to trust him savingly, and to obey him uniformly. And what I mean by uniformly, I mean all throughout your life. Jesus came to change all of us. And through the scriptures, we are actually, we have in our vision and values, Luke, for our church, that we want to see people biblically rewired. Mm -hmm. That's what the scripture is supposed to do, to yeah. rewire our hearts. Yeah. You know, for me, one of the things that often comes to mind is, it, and I think I speak from this, my, even my personal experience, I, I was a part of the church my whole life, yeah. and it really wasn't until I was in my you know, twenties that I really began to like mm -hmm. understand the story of scripture yeah. and, and just realizing that, you know, I think our culture and maybe especially our generation lacks just an understanding of God's word, yeah. um, from, and what the Bible says, the story of scripture yeah. and my hope for uh, those listening, for those at landmark. And the reason why I think this is an important thing for us to highlight is because I think biblical literacy, us knowing God's word, knowing what it says, knowing the story of scripture is so important to helping us, yeah. um, walk through life. Um, and also just know,
know God. And, and what I found is it just to be a, a such a, a freeing and joyful experience to mm-hmm. know God's word, uh, because we were meant to know God's word. Yeah, right? we were meant to know uh, what He says, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I really hope that you know uh, our church and really throughout the world and the big C church, yeah. I would say, uh, really does begin to kind of return to God's word to say, yes. man, this is the thing that it, like I need, like yeah. I need to know this. I, yeah. I want this to be the foundation for my beliefs. And so, um, but yeah, even for something like this, as we talk through, um, you know, the confession and we look at these different topics, like we want the place where we start to be even God's word. Yeah. That. And I, and it's, you know, it's a relationship. Um, we have an acquaintance who will remain nameless, but who, when we asked him one time, you know, are you reading the word? Their response was, well, I read it one time. You know, I got it. Like, I, I, I did yeah. read it. I know what's in there. And it totally misses sort of the divine nature of this book. Spurgeon says, nobody ever outgrows the scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. Mm. You know, if you read C.S. Lewis's Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Aslan, every time the kids see him as they grow up, he gets bigger and more beautiful. My relationship with the word, and through that, my relationship with God has worked much the same. The more I study it, the more I... I'm amazed by it. The bigger, the more beautiful it seems. And I think that leads me sort of like to my last two, why this matters. I I want you, the listener, to understand how essential it is that you orient your life around examining, practicing, considering, applying God's word. I want to encourage you this year, we're, we're close to the new year, have a systematic plan. Um, where you really, you have an approach and it doesn't have to be perfect. It can be something that you change. You and I have changed our Mm -hmm. plans to reading scriptures many times, but have a a, a plan, right? So that you're not just reading the same few verses over and over again. Tozer says, uh, the whole Bible equals a whole Christian, right? So have a plan to work through the work of scripture, um, read for transformation and worship, um, and then recognize the challenge the radical life change that that you and I, 21st century Americans, might have to walk through to read this work well. You and I, Luke, even, even us, we're pastors. You and I are reading sports articles every day. We're Absolutely. reading news feeds. We're reading texts. It doesn't read like the Bible. Yeah. And so my last application that I'd encourage people with is this, that the same grace which delivers the word to God's people will keep God's people as we seek imperfectly to live by the word. To our brothers and sisters in Christ, you are not going to get this Mm. overnight, Mm. right? Like I think if you're in church at all and you love Jesus, you see people who just know the word and you Mm. go, I want to be like that. And so you get inspired and you go sit down with your Bible and it's like, man, I don't feel like that. But what you don't see is the years and the grace that was given to that person to 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 be in that place. And so, man, for you, as you are trying to grow in your relationship with the word, keep trying when you fail. Seek to to be grounded in the grace of God, not in all your labors, and continue applying yourself in faith to the practice of knowing God through his word. Yeah. Yeah, I'm reminded just of Psalm 1. Um, you know, yeah. blessed is the man who walks and not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sin, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on the law, 
on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And all he does, he prospers, mm. right? And just this idea, man, that, that we need God's word uh, like a tree planted by water, yeah. right? And, and, and as we get into God's word, um, and as we begin to understand God's word, know God's word, uh, that, that we might grow up in our faith, yeah. become more like Christ uh, and know how we ought to walk in this life. Hey, that there's so many good resources out there in, in understanding and knowing God's word. Uh, us at Landmark, we've we developed a, a devotional guide uh, that, that has a Bible reading plan in it. If you go to Landmark, we'll have those there on uh, Sunday mornings. Uh, you can grab one. There's a ton of resources online, yeah. uh, like the Bible Project. I have the ESV app on my phone, and I can listen to the Bible for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so me with a one-year-old at home who yeah. has very early mornings, and sometimes I have to watch the one-year-old. I don't always have as much time as I want to go and actually physically read. Yeah. I just have started to listen to it, and I found that to be a way that, hey, I can still get into God's word um, and meditate on it. Um, And yeah, any other thoughts or encouragements you have of how someone might approach starting to get into God's scriptures, begin meditating on it, begin reading it um, as it is something that we are highlighting, like the very first confession saying, hey, this is so important is the Holy Scriptures. Start with the Gospels and the Psalms. The Gospels are the story of Christ unfiltered and the Psalms are the songbook of scripture. And in those, we find so many of just the very deep human expressions. And do this in community. Uh, Wrestle with your questions with people. Uh, Ask your pastors, your friends who have followed Christ longer than you or maybe have studied the Word more than you. Ask them for help and know that we are here to serve. Uh, I pray that that each of us, we do truly become, I think it is uh, the village church that talks about being a people of the Word Mm. or a creature of the Word. And I, I pray that we are that. Um, Thanks for listening to the Landmark Podcast. As always, if you have comments, encouragements, or questions about seeking Christ in a fallen world, questions that maybe other people need answered as well, or even if you just want to say, how's it going? I'd love for you to shoot me an email at ryan at landmarkchurch.life.